This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insights, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, segment number three, the home stretch here on this show. The last time we'll talk to you before, the Raiders play Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. And uh, we appreciate you guys subscribing to the show wherever you get your audio. Also on YouTube, thank you for hitting that subscribe and the notifications bell. Uh, Mo Moten is my co-host. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. You can catch him on the X at Mo, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Also catch his Raiders work where he's a columnist up at SportsNot, where I also am a writer and editor. So check out SportsNot. If you haven't been there, do it. And then, of course, Mo has his Bleacher Report Live. Do you have one? Uh, you have one, obviously, before and after the game Monday, right? Monday night. This? I'll be I'll be on Monday before night. and after the game. Yep. Next okay, one will be Monday night. 6.45 okay, Eastern so- Time, 2.45 Pacific, then after, right after the game. Yep. So there you go. You can get instant reaction from Mo on the Bleacher Report app where he might be Mad Mo, Maniac Mo, Midtown Maniac Mo, whatever you want to call it. Can I say something about that really quick? Yes. Yes. People are enjoying the hashtag Mad Mo version of me. But <laughs> I, I just want to say, like, this is this is the authentic me here. I, I know a lot of people like to do rants to go viral. I see a lot of yeah. radio hosts do that. And a lot of people know if you've been listening to the show, I don't I don't do viral rants. That's not my nope. thing. However, I'm feeling when I get up Monday morning to record the show with you, Scott, that's yeah. what that's what you get. Regardless of what happens, I'm not there's no pre-plan. I'm gonna say this. It's it's my raw reaction to the game before I dive deep into the film and watch some things over and watch certain players. You're getting the authentic version of me with and some people like it some people and some people don't and that's fine you know some people say i i can't listen to all the negativity and i will say that if you're watching the game you could tell things are not good right now so i'm not going to sit here and paint the pretty picture with rainbows and unicorns and pretty flowers and crap like that and tell you it's going to be okay yep. and give you a lollipop i'm going to tell you exactly what you should be seeing or what we all saw when we watch these football games. Right. And and that's what was interesting about the reaction because I, I took it as a huge compliment, frankly, Mo, because we, we stay even keeled. We stay objective. Right. And, and so when we, when we go into those, when we had that shows, the shows this past week and, and including the post game show, people are like, you know, and some people are like, well, you're just doing for clicks and subscriptions and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, it's a free subscription. So it's like, whatever. But, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're not doing it for click. Cause, cause if we were, we'd be doing it all the time. We would be 
we would be that way all the time. And we're not. But um, and also, I, I said to somebody too, one of one of the PSL holders, who's a a, a listener, a longtime listener of ours, who texts with me almost every day, and he's like, you know, I'm I'm so tired of this. Like I'm I'm just and I, and that's why I feel bad. I feel bad for fans too. Like people are like, stop talking about fans on your show. Just talk about football. It's like, well, no, the fans are part of football, and they feel it. And so uh, we talk about it because that's who's listening to us. But I will say this: the Raiders have an opportunity now. To go on the road and do something special, Mo. Playing the Lions on Monday night. And we pose the question right now, and I'm asking you this straight up, my friend. How bad could this be? I don't think it could be any worse than what happened with the Bears simply because people aren't expecting the Raiders to compete with the Lions. Mm -hmm. right? So the Lions got blown out last week by the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone's expecting the Lions to come out angry. It's their first home Monday Night Football game since 2018. Wow. I don't know if you remember that game. That was the that was the game they played the Jets, and Sam Darnold threw an interception on his first career pass. <laughs> that yes. was the last time the Lions won Monday Night Football. So their crowd is going to be rocking. They're going to be charged up. If you look at the predictions across the board, no one is expecting the Raiders to do anything. Mm -hmm. Typically, a person who's watched the Raiders in recent past, these are usually games where the Raiders surprise you. And they actually compete. And they actually look like they can beat a team that's a, a playoff contender. So I'm not going to write off the Raiders and say they're going to get crushed. Because I, I've i seen this movie before. Raiders come out flat against a team they should beat. And then they bounce back and may not win the game. But they look competitive against a playoff caliber team. And you're left wondering, okay, so which version of this team is going to show up week to week? Good and question. that's what and that's what Raiders fans have been accustomed to because that's what I've been accustomed to when I watch these Raider games. Whether they're bad or good, this is what usually happens. They, they lay an egg, and then they come out and they're competitive, and you're like, okay, so which which is it? Who are these Raiders? And I think the game on Monday Night Football is gonna is gonna dictate how the Raiders approach the final hours of the trade deadline because the trade deadline is the next day on <laughs> Halloween. So if the Raiders lay an egg. The Raiders may decide we're going to sell a lot more than we expected to. If the Raiders win or look competitive, they may hold a lot of their core together for the rest of the season. So, so two questions there for you, though. Okay, so I I understand what you're saying about unexpected, like because, but you look at the offense, you say there's talent there, there's talent there. Okay, Absolutely. except for the guy that you just froze out, and because apparently you have you don't like him, so you just want to trade him. But other than that, like okay, I get it. But then I go back to evidence, you know, evidence like what, do, what have I seen in the last four games that makes me believe that they can score points, especially against the defense that is what number two in the NFL against the run. Uh, so, so there goes maybe trying to establish the run game. Now maybe they come out and do, and it's a shocker. I mean, NFL has those all the time, usually one the week. So, mm -hmm. so I hear what you're saying. I just not, I'm just not a believer that it's going to happen. But that's why they played the game. Uh, go ahead. I, I'm just saying it would not shock me if it no, comes yeah, down nothing. To it, it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, nothing in the NFL does right because you. I mean, look what happened to Detroit. Now Baltimore's a really good team, but nobody thought they'd get blown out. You thought that was going to be a nice close game at least. Uh, the second part of your point about the trade deadline. How do I say this, Mo? What the hell do they have to trade? Outside of Devontae that Adams, Josh Jacobs is value is low. Now somebody might want them because they got to have a running back. Um, but who else? 
I have a comment about Josh Jacobs. Now, before the Colts gave Jonathan Taylor a new contract, mm-hmm. the, the Packers were interested in Jonathan Taylor, a former mm-hmm. rushing title champion. Now, this is after Jonathan Taylor had a down year. He was hurt. Didn't year they were still interested in him. If there's any team out there that would trade for Josh Jacobs and possibly give up a second or third round pick, it would be the Packers. I'll say that. The other Why thing though? is they're not going anywhere. They want to help their young quarterback Jordan Love. Mm, and I think okay. they want to be a, I think they want to be a run first team. And it, just imagine if you had Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs in your backfield, that's easily mm. the best running back duo in the NFL. You could turn yeah. things around very quickly, especially in the NFC North when you have the Lions and it's just the, you know, the Vikings are three and four, they're the second best team in that division, right? So mm-hmm. the other thing about what do the Raiders have to trade? I'm going to say this for the 50th time, right? If the Raiders want to trade Hunter Renfro, Jermaine Luminar, Jerry Tillery, they're going to have to package those guys with draft picks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when they traded Lynn Bowden Jr. to the Dolphins. What did they do? I know they got back Raquan McMillan. But yeah. they, they package them with a draft pick. Anytime a player you want to trade doesn't have a lot of trade value on the market, you're going to have to package him to move him with a draft pick. So I think any move that happens with any other Raiders outside of Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, which I don't see happening, other than maybe Josh Jacobs, you're going to have to trade that player and a draft pick. And, and with Hunter Renfro's situation, you're probably also going to have to eat part of his salary because yeah. the Raiders foolishly held him on their roster after they signed Jacoby Myers. They signed Jacoby Myers on March 14th. Hunter Renfro's contract locked in the full guarantees on March 17th. So knowing, the Raiders knowing they were interested in Jacoby Myers, held on to Hunter Renfro, then added DeAndre Carr and took away his punt return duties, then drafted a slot wide receiver in the third round, and now they're like, we want to trade Hunter Renfro. He has no value. You don't give him any targets. You don't give him any time on the field, any significant time on the field. He has a fully guaranteed contract now. He was hurt last year and wasn't productive. What are you going to get for Hunter Renfro now? Probably a six-round pick if you trade him straight up. That's yeah. why I said you're going to have to package him with a draft pick now if you want maybe a fourth or third-round draft choice next year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where that's where I t- – the whole talk the last couple of weeks about the Raiders being buyers, well, we'll see what they're buying Um, because they, they need draft capital for sure. But I like you said, there's nobody on the roster that they, they would be willing to part with at this point that would bring high draft picks, right? So that's that's how it's going to go. And no, nobody's trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, folks. So don't don't even no. think about it. Don't I even think that. about it. It's no not going to happen. Not going to happen. So so uh, that's that's where it's at. Now, the thing about this situation too, and and we have it up on the graphic on the screen, which is the only thing we know is that we don't know anything. Like I don't know this 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 team is really in that purgatory stage. Like. They're not so bad that they're the Carolina Panthers and they're not good enough to where like give you enough hope to think that they could actually make a push for the playoffs. But I don't see, I, I see the trajectory. I see an up and down, very big swings of, Hey, play one game. Well, maybe in a position to win and maybe you do, or maybe you don't. And then you see what we saw in Chicago. The embarrassing thing about the Chicago situation is that the Raiders truly it shocked me because, I mean, I knew how shocking the upset was, but is how much they are now a a, a meme and a, the butt of a joke in the NFL uh, at sitting at three and four. Like, you're like, wait a minute, you have these one and five teams, these all these other teams, but the Raiders are the ones getting all of the jokes because of the the slew of stats that you rolled off last show about McDaniels and the coaching. 
So when you look at the when you look at 2023, we don't know what's going to happen yet, Mo. But but I think that the next few weeks, how they respond to what happened in Chicago, to the comments you talked about from Cole Komet that the team was gassed and not ready to play, all that stuff. Then how do they respond to it? And I think the next few weeks, especially on a tough game like this, is going to show you sort of what this team is made of. I hope this doesn't happen. So I'm going to preface what I'm going to say by saying, I hope this does not happen. But if the Raiders lose St. Louis Rams style, I tweeted this because someone asked me, (laughs) what would it take for Mark Davis to come out and fire Joshua Daniels at the end of the season or before the season ends? And I told that person on X that, if the Raiders lose like 52 to zero, if you remember that Rams lost to the Saint, to the then St. Louis Rams, yeah, that was in St. Louis. It was 52 to zero. The Raiders got crushed. If it's that type of loss, I think Mark Davis has no choice but to say something. But I also mm-hmm. said that if it doesn't happen in Detroit and it happens at Allegiant Stadium when they get crushed like that, like 50 something to zero, or a team puts up a 50 burger on them and they just look out completely out of it. He has to respond to it because it, then it's in his face. He's there, present in his building. Team looks lifeless. Then you have to shake it up. But the, but the problem, well, not the problem. The the weird point is that they're only they only have one more game until the trade deadline. So that's what I said. Right. A lot of this is going to be based on okay, what do they look like in that game before the deadline? Does it look like a team that has some life? Because if they go out there in Detroit and lay down, you're going to see a lot of players in different uniforms. For week nine. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and and I think you look at you look at the schedule after Detroit. Then you have two straight home games against the New York teams. Okay, um, you lose to the Giants. The Jets, you know, Jets have a really really good defense, so I can understand that. You lose to the Giants at home, and the Jets, and then you have to go play in Miami, and then you have Kansas City before the bye. So. In my view, you have to see uh, at least some kind of 500-like football before the bye. If you have this, I mean, if you you talked about losing at home, I mean, I don't think they lose to the New York Giants or the Jets 52 to nothing. I mean, those teams I don't think could even score 30 points. But but if 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 it continues to slide, which it might not, I mean, they might go to the Lions, lose the Lions, they might come home and beat and win two in a row. I mean, that's what mediocre teams do usually. And so, so we'll see. And then Dolphins and Chiefs two weeks in a row is a tough road. So uh, I, I don't know. I think you're right, though, that he's, he's going to have to say something if things get worse. I don't think they'll get that bad. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I keep saying that. And, then of course, they go to Chicago. <laughs> you go to Chicago, right? So, you know, it's, you got to laugh. It's like, well, okay, so much for my opinion. But anyway, so we'll see. And in the next few weeks, again, the next three weeks are big. And, and we'll see what happens with them and if they're able to in any way turn it around. Mo, what's your prediction for the game uh, against the, the Lions? I hate to say it because people are going to be like, Mo, you're a hater, but <laughs> <laughs> 
35, 19, 35, 17. I think I, the Lions are just a better football team. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it and try to feed you, you know, lollipops here. The Lions are, are better. I know what people are saying after they got blown out by the Ravens. Are they frauds? They're not frauds. Um, when you face Lamar Jackson and you're not used to facing Lamar Jackson, you're going to probably struggle. Uh, now yep. they're not they're not used to facing the Raiders either, but the Raiders don't have a player like Lamar Jackson on offense. And we don't even know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be ready for the game. As of today, this show airing, we don't know if who's going to be the starting quarterback. So how can I have any kind of confidence that the Raiders are going to look competitive on offense? We don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo's status is. Brian Hoyer shouldn't even be touching the football field. And and <laughs> Josh McDaniels is afraid to to start Aiden O'Connell, even though he trades. He is afraid. Hard. He's it, afraid. It doesn't, it doesn't What's he afraid of? That's what I, that's my question. Like, what do you, we've seen Brian Hoyer in the preseason and Josh McDaniels got to the podium, which strikes me as just weird is he said, this is not the preseason. Well, the guy you picked to start didn't even look good in the preseason. He looked worse than the guy you drafted in the fourth round. It, it doesn't are they make not, it. Just, are they not watching? Are they not watching tape? I mean, I, Every they, ex- is he present on the sideline? You know, every expert, every expert NFL, because you and I, you know, we're busy writing and doing videos, all this kind of stuff, podcasts, but we read stuff and watch stuff, right? Because we have to be informed. I'm watching all of the X's and O guys, you name them from the smaller guys that we know that come on our show to Ted over at the athletic to Dan Orlovsky to everybody. And they're like, this is the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. Like they can't do anything. Brian Hoyer, even Baldy, as you heard in the first segment, Baldy's like, yeah, it's just not good quarterback play. He's not seeing the ball. He's not seeing anything. So you, you know, you look at that and they're like, oh, so are they all wrong? And Josh McDaniels is right. No, it's not true. So I I agree with you. I'm going to say it's going to be 38 to 10. I don't think the Raiders get the 13 points. (laughs) I gave it 35, 17, simply because I think, Regardless of who starts, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Brian, if he makes the mistake and puts Brian Horry back up there again, we'll see a replay of last week where Aiden O'Connell comes into garbage time and then you know racks up some points late, you know some meaningless yeah. points. Yeah, and, and it's pretty sad because if Jimmy Garoppolo shouldn't play or isn't going to play because he's hurt, yeah, just just start Aiden O'Connell. And if it looks bad, it looks bad. It, we understand it's a rookie. Getting to start against a tough defense, we don't understand, but you're not learning anything by starting Brian Hoyer and then having him just kind of bottom out and then just bow out in the fourth quarter. And then you toss in Aiden O'Connell when the kid has to press and the, and the team knows you're passing the football. It doesn't help Aiden O'Connell, it doesn't give him a, a good environment to grow when he's coming right. into the game. He's down by three scores already. 100% agree. And I think that they have to. I mean, if you want. The only way I think the Raiders score over 10 points, honestly, is if they put O'Connell in. Because I'm not saying O'Connell won't throw two interceptions, too, and they still lose. But I think they could score 20 points or more with him throwing the ball. Although, if they can't run the ball, that that doesn't help them either. Scott, do you realize what you just said? You're telling me that the Raiders have a better chance Yes. Of getting over the 20 point mark with the rookie who has only one career start over the guy that the Raiders handpicked or Josh, Josh McDaniels handpicked and paid bridge quarterback money to 
and was a winner in San Francisco. The rookie has a better chance of giving the Raiders better scoring production. What is it? That's a problem. That's a problem within itself. That money, that means that money that you paid Jimmy G, you could have done so many other things with that money and then just roll with Aiden O'Connell for that. Yes. Yes. And you could have, I mean, you could have done a lot of things. You could have devi- you could have you could have drafted an inside defensive interior player first. You could have drafted an offensive lineman again. There are a lot of things they could have done. Now, that's easy for me to second guess, so I get it. But but yes, I do think he would give them the best chance because Jimmy G has been awful. He's been the worst in you said it last show, been the worst statistically in his career. So injury aside, so we'll have to see. But we'll we'll know Monday night, man, and it'll be interesting. So Mo, what do you got coming up as far as uh, what people need to read with their eyeballs uh, on their phones or their screens? Over on Sports Not, I made the case why the Raiders should be buyers and sellers. Because I actually think they're going to do both. I actually think they're going to trade players on a refro. And they're going to acquire players for the future. Not just because they want to win this year, but I think they're going to try to acquire young players for the years beyond the 2023 season. So I'll make the case that they should be doing both over on Sports Not. And as I said, I will be on pregame against the Lions and postgame. So I'm going to take some days to kind of look over some things with the Raiders, pay attention to the reports, because I am running the trade tracker at Bleach Report. Any trade that goes down, I will have instant analysis and in my grade for each team that's involved in the trade over on Bleach Report. So if that Hunter Renfro trade goes down, be sure to check that up over on BR. There you go. I will have a piece on Sports Not about how the Raiders need to bring a special guest to Raiders headquarters to release the curse that is apparently on this team. They have to bring in Jamarcus Russell. Oh my God. And exercise the demons. I'm kidding. I'm not writing that. I, w- I was hoping. <laughs> but something's going on. They got to get, I mean, the Cubs had the Billy Goat, all that jazz. Raiders got something. They, they, they got to figure it out. But, um, but anyway, I appreciate you, Mo, and appreciate all the work you're doing. By the way, we will be back tomorrow with a mailbag show. We got some good voicemails and some emails. So you guys uh, make sure you tune into that before you hit your weekend. And we'll be right back here. Obviously, we'll have a post-game reaction show uh, late Monday night. And then we'll have, um, because of the late Monday night, we will not have a regular show Tuesday. That'll be the show for Tuesday. And then uh, I think we'll do a Wednesday show. So it'll be, we'll record that at some point and get it to you Wednesday. So we'll figure that out. So next week will be a little weird because of that. We're going to have a shorter week. So we got to figure it out. So Mo and I haven't talked about that, but we will. We'll get you the content. Trust me. We'll be there. It'll be good. I, I, I just hope the Rays are good enough on Monday where Murph doesn't have to do a show with a bag on his head. That was so sad to see. I'm seeing more paper bag reader fans out there. Yeah. It's on their memes, their yeah. Twitter profiles, their X profiles, whatever you want to call it. I'm seeing more paper bags. That's not a good sign. Yeah, I did see, and I will I will not mention handle. Uh, I did see re- one Raiders fan talk about he might need a plastic grocery bag. And I was like, ooh. I saw that too. Hard to breathe. Hard to breathe. All right. Uh, Mo, my man, I appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Actually, actually we'll talk to you for tomorrow for the mailbag show. All right. Yes. Uh, for our producer, Mike Robier, for Momo, and I am Scott Brands. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. We thank you all for being here. Hang in there. We're going to get through it together, and we're going to be here for you. Uh, I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. Take care.